Did you know the average fleet manager spends 100 hours a month managing toll? Get that time back by partnering with BestPass, the nation's leader in toll management. Learn more and visit bestpass.com or call 866-366-1426. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a driver reach and freight waves production. I'm Leah Shaver, President and CEO of the National Transportation Institute. In Jeremy's absence, I'm excited to be your guest host. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Your feedback is very important to us. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you are using to listen. Today, I am excited to welcome back and be talking with the Jenny Abernathy, Chief People Officer at CRST. It's good to see you, Jenny. Happy New Year. Great to see you too. Happy to be here, Leah. It's good to see you. I hope that your new year is off to a great start. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts and insights into the driver recruiting landscape as we launch the new year. So thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. My plan for discussion today is to learn about your revised role at CRST to understand your company's approach to meeting the demands of both shippers and drivers in an evolving economy, and to hear your thoughts on where you think we're headed in 2023. So let's get this party started. Sounds good. First up, tell us about your role at CRST. Uh, the company, if I'm not mistaken, is in the top 25 for hire fleets in the U.S. and the top 10 in dry van fleets. So tell us what a chief people officer is and what you do every day at CRST. Sure. So I recently have taken on the chief people officer role. So we're really building out what that will look like here at CRST. We hadn't had one in the past, but Really, the thought and concept behind it is bringing all talent strategies for CRST under one umbrella um, and really building out kind of how do we become and, and or maintain our being a pl employer of choice. So what's the experience like for all employees, um, whether they're on the road or behind a desk or working in a shop um, to make sure that we really think about them in every decision we make. So um, I've evolved from just vice president of driver recruiting and then taking on really the aspects for all of our employees, which I'm very excited to do. Cool. Well, building on building on that, um, chief people officer has become an increasingly common role at companies across all industries. What do you think that is? Why is the job important? But specifically for trucking companies who don't have a chief people officer, why encourage them to add that position to their executive team? Yeah, so I think it's probably evolved over the last few years. Just there's never been a time more critical from a you know the the seeking of talent and taking great care of your employees um, really helps all of us all of our business to be most successful. So that's where I think the evolution has changed. And thinking about it from their entire experience, um, I think is where if we at CRST really took that step from truck. You know, trucking companies at large, I think it may not be a fit for everyone's organization, depending on the size. But when you really think about if you're building out your executive team, do, do you have someone at the table that's thinking about, you know, the strategies and tactics of the employee experience? Or if you're making significant changes to your strategy or as things evolve in your business, employees are at the center of that. So it was really someone thinking about both the levers of, you know, whether it's operations, but also our people 
to make sure that we can be a, really at the center of success for business outcomes. So that's where I'd encourage any you know any company to make sure on their executive team you've got that advocate and that critical thinker that can help move the needle forward when it comes to your people. So she represents the people. Representing the people. I love it. Uh, you know, it's especially interesting because we're coming out of an interesting time and we're entering into an interesting time. Yeah. So as we get 2023 started, we've been dealing with whiplash again of the last three years in the economy, driver recruiting, retention, and just overall employee recruiting and retention needs. So as you get the year started, what are the personnel initiatives and goals that you're most excited about? And how do you think the last few years have shaped the environment that we're seeing and working in right now? Yeah, so, you know, and clearly just stepping in new or really building out what will be different for us, you know, as we kind of evolve a people organization. But um, it's no secret that the fight for talent, you know, it was really highlighted on the driver side the past three years, but the fight for talent was in every every position for yes. most you know employers um, over the last three years. So that is certainly at the top of everyone's mind. It continues to be, and we've all evolved. I think it gave every employer a chance to say, you know, to step back and think about how do we fine tune what we do, how do we be the best we can for our employees, and CRST did the same thing. So. I'm um, heading into 2023. There's, you know, a lot of priorities as I think about how, what do we build and, you know, as a leadership team, what do we want to really stand for for our employees? Um, but we know that the center, you know, being an employer of choice is really unique to the human. Um, you know, what you may value may be different from what I value, but making sure we're thinking through all of those experiences, how do we best for most or best for all? So, you know, personal and career development is certainly on our radar from things that we can continue to expand, whether that's for our drivers or for our non-driver employees and what that experience looks like for career development, um, giving people the autonomy and the resources to make the right decision in their role, um, I think is really empowering. Um, we've been really focused over the last several years on continuous improvement. So one area for us is that removing of redundant workload and helping people just be better at um, continuously improving their work product is another area for us, whether it's in, in technology investments or training and teaching and the pieces that come into just thinking about what we do every day and making it better. Um, but really the most important is that what's the environment or the work team you work with? And do you want to come to work every day? And do you really enjoy it? Are you excited to be a part of that team? So, you know, an inclusive culture is something we're really digging into the employee engagement side of what's the work, real work experience that people get. Um, we're certainly on a path to continue to make that the best we can make it. So we want to set ourselves apart as an employer choice. Let's continue what we, what we strive for, what we hope we already are for most of our employees. It's cool because regardless of of what's happening up and down in the economy, one thing that has remained consistent, even um, coming out of a tumultuous three years, is that there are way more jobs than there are qualified folks to enter them. And as you said, it's it's far outside of just the folks that see our trucks. Um, every every working individual in the United States has nearly two offerings um, for every position they would qualify for. And so, um, you know, maintaining that position as an employer of choice is still necessary and certainly highly regarded in terms of our candidate pool. So um, I'm excited to see what else is up your sleeve. Um, you know, speaking of the last three years, I'm also curious, what's it like managing HR and recruiting teams when things are strange and they continue to be strange now? Uh, any lessons that you learned that you think will endure 
in in the company this year, um, you know, despite a, a wild and rocky road, uh, what do we think is is going to stay firm throughout 2023? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest lessons probably most employers learned, but certainly we learned at CRST was thinking outside the box and challenging our norm. Um, we will continue to do that. I think the last two to three years have been probably more exciting because we were just really nimble. Um, things changed really fast. We stayed, you know, kind of on top of the changes and evolutions, whether it was through COVID or, you know, the, the surge in freight and the driver need and, and just really thought critically about how else can we change? How else can we evolve? And that kept our speed really fast with decision making. And I think that's here, here to stay. Um, I'm really excited about the spotlight it put as the on the VIPs of any trucking company, right? Our truck drivers and um, really put that spotlight on the truck drivers, both at CRC, but, you know, across the industry. I think that everyone will take with them, especially us, but everyone will take with them is how critical that um, certainly that population is, but how important they are to us and their experiences, because there's, you know, no need to continue to fight and fight for more drivers if we can provide an exceptional experience as an employer you know, and they can just stay with us. So I think those two things probably, you know, above all, also be what we'll continue to take with us. Well, so on the flip side, on the opposite end of all of that energy, what do you think is going to go by the wayside? I mean, we're coming out of a uniquely long cycle. And as you mentioned, capacity was excessively short. Demand was extremely high. Um, You know, what are some of the beliefs and habits that you saw develop during that time that you think are going to go away? So I hope we take all the good ones with us. I think one thing, um, and again, I oversaw driver recruiting for the majority of that time period, and uh, we recruited at all costs. So, you know, it was it was tough in a tough environment, and we really threw everything into the mix to, to try to drive um, our success and, and make sure, you know, we had enough drivers in our, uh, in our pipeline and working for us. And I think that was riddled with waste. Um, so all the right intentions, but certainly brought about, you know, wasteful behaviors. And we're excited to be able to, we've already brought it in the last, you know, six to nine months, really brought that back under a microscope to say, what's the best way to get, you know, in front of an audience and give them the most meaningful, compelling conversation about what's right for them um, to, to be successful on the recruiting side. So I think that will change. Um, I'm hopeful the rest will stay. You know, we learned a lot about, you know, being best for our drivers. That will continue to be the case. Um, being really transparent with our customers on what we need to be successful for our drivers, that really evolved. I think that will stay and continue to be really powerful. We may see more drivers interested in jobs that they maybe were less interested in before, whether they, you know, transition fully to local, maybe they'll be more interested in regional. We may see some of that loosen up and we already have seen that kind of on our over the road side, but I think hopefully our all of the good stuff will continue to take with us. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you're taking the energy that you're putting into um, being a great place to work um, and and also putting that out as far as um, how do we make the experience the best we can for both our, our customers, our employees, and even our vendors? Well, let's switch gears. Um, I want to talk about this dirty word, um, mega carrier. Um, you know, I say dirty word because to an experienced professional driver, that's almost the way they pose it to me uh, when we're on air, on social media, in any interaction, as long as they've got some experience under their belt. So on behalf of a large, well-known motor carrier, 
How do you work past that in terms of recruiting, whether it's a new driver into the industry or someone with experience? What's the approach either way? Sure. Yeah. And, and we we onboard, the majority of our onboarded drivers are experienced drivers. So we certainly have this conversation every day. Um, certainly can't speak to the other you know large carriers out there, but certainly for Series 2, we, we want to be the career choice for a driver. And I think that's one of the big advantages we have as an employer because of our size in, in most major markets, depending on where they live, a driver has the career opportunities that are kind of endless. So whether they want to transition into what they haul or you know, team driving or solo driving or the time they're spending out on the road or they want to be local. Um, we have those opportunities. And in many states, we have all of those opportunities. Or if they want to transition into our safety team, our operations team, our recruiting team, there's just a there's a tremendous amount of career opportunities um, for a driver when they join CRST. And so I think that's a really great advantage that we have, um, that kind of diversity in our career options and our freight, right? We, we haul, whether it's you know, pharmaceuticals that are refrigerated to, you know, pallets to bales. To, I mean, we just, we haul all kinds of stuff that's, you know, dry van and flatbed and, you know, high touch, you know, the white glove experience. And that really gives, again, an opportunity to, to for people to hone in on what is important to them as, you know, an employee. So that's really important. Um, the other thing that's, that comes with being a carrier of, of a larger size is we put investments into areas that maybe other others can't, whether that's, you know, our, our freight, uh, I'm sorry, our, our trucks and our equipment, our technology, employee benefits, um, compensation, just things to help complement their lifestyle. You know, we have the ability to do that and make those investments. Um, but, you know, I, I always advocate and certainly want my recruiters to tell the story too. We're a family-owned business. Uh, the Smith family is still very involved in CRST. They're at the core of what we do and the strategy. And that brings forth just a very um, strong decision-making about what's right for our employees and our customers. And that's what leads, you know, the charge for us on making decisions. And I think that's um, a beautiful thing. And being family-owned in this company specifically, they're incredibly secure. So we're not going anywhere. We, you know, we'll be here for the, you know, the long haul. We'll see there's still be around and be a very stable employer for, you know, anyone's career uh, through the future. Well, as you know, at NTI, every day we're, we're working with folks to evaluate how can we make trucking a more secure and rewarding career choice. So I applaud what sounds like the journey that's put forth between um, you and every potential worker that's going to join the organization or that has joined the organization. You mentioned recruiting. Uh, you know, how do you work with the recruiting team to make sure that that relationship with drivers gets off on the right foot from the very beginning? Any advice to provide the industry on that topic? Sure, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, it's that honest um, communication with really good follow-up. So what that means kind of at a higher level and in my role is what are the tools and resources a recruiting team has to be as transparent and open and what the job will be that they're talking to a driver about. So um, that could be, you know, if you're a smaller carrier, that might not be that challenging. They might sit right next to the operations department and speak to the drivers doing the job every day. When you've got a menu of opportunities like we do, it's sometimes it's providing the tools and technology to make sure when a driver is talking with our recruiter, we can ask really good questions to understand what's important to them and then match them to the job because we've got a lot of them to a job that matches what they need. And so, I think that honest communication with good follow-up is key, but providing the tools and resources to have um, a really good job fit conversation is the other piece. And we talk, we've we've instituted kind of a career path team and career management for our driving work workforce. And so that 
starts at the very beginning of the conversation based off of where you live or what's important to you or how often you want to be home or what type of freight you want to haul. All of those pieces can lead to kind of a menu of options to say, well, here's what's a good fit here um, if we have it for you to make sure that they're making the best decisions for them. You know, just expanding on that, it sounds like to give your team the tools that they need, you have to give them the tools that they need. How do you sharpen their skills, their knowledge bank of everything that is happening when you have so many different options? How do you keep their them fresh? And, and you know, it sounds like you're working hard to keep pep in their step. How do you also keep it fresh so that they know everything and the most up to date so that they can bring that actionably in their, in their, you know, in their desk every day? Yeah, absolutely. So again, having those tools and resources at their fingertips is very important and making sure the information they can get access to is as current as an ever, uh, it's a constant task by our leadership team. The other cool thing that we always do is they have a direct tie into operations or, or, or drivers to say, if we've got a new piece of business or we're selling something that's new to a driver, they've got the chance to not only maybe interview drivers that are currently doing it to really get a good understanding of what's going on, or talk to the operations staff of, tell me about the workload, let's watch some videos, let's get the experience down. And we do that with everything we onboard that's new. And so, and then of course, every recruiter as they come to onboard would get a similar experience. So um, it is it is a constant, um, I wouldn't say challenge because it's a part of the job, but it's that constant um, attempt to keep them as current as possible. Um, and then ongoing training, of course, and coaching. And, um, you know, we listen to calls and do side-by-sides and just your basic, you know, how do you manage a recruiting team certainly helps keep them fresh on. Have we thought about this and make sure you communicate that? Um, and the other side is getting feedback from, you know, those that they recruit. So getting those surveys back to say, how was your experience? You know, was there any surprises? We asked that question, anything that we should have told you we did it. Uh, we get lots of good feedback there, but certainly we're listening to make sure that there's nothing missing from, you know, what we're sending in advance to make sure there's, you know, eyes wide open to what the jobs are. Yeah. It's one of the most important exit questions, I think, um, whether it's a progress interview, um, you know, throughout the the tenure that's active with a driver or um, if they've departed, you know, did we measure up to what you expected from the very beginning? Did the job, um, you know, line up the way you expected? Um, what changed, you know, from that beginning? And most of the time, frankly, as you probably know, um, we actually do a great job in the recruiting team of presenting the job the way that we understand it. Um, and, and oftentimes there are unique circumstances. Not every job is the right fit for every driver forever. Um, but speaking back to, you know, one of your, uh, tools that you've got in your belt of offering career path, additional opportunities, and, and really that begins with recognizing that not every job is the right fit for every driver forever. Um, that we all have unique circumstances that can ebb and flow and, and things change much like yourself as your role has changed as well as at CRSD. Well, let's talk more broadly about trucking and the driving job. And you've, you've kind of touched on this, but motor carriers are in the middle ground. You know, we've got shippers and their expectations. We've got drivers and their expectations. So the demands of shipper customers are changing. And whether that's asking for support for environmental initiatives or altered capacity commitments because of evolving supply chains, consumer demands, locations of warehouses. But the expectations of drivers change too. They want more flexibility, more home time, more local, more regional, a better work-life balance. How 
does a company your size and especially in your role navigate a changing dynamic to meet the needs and demands of your shippers, as well as making sure that you continue to offer the jobs that are attracting and rewarding and secure for your professional drivers? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. It's a good question. So, I, just as important as it is that we're transparent with our drivers on the job we're you know offering and what that looks like, it's the same with with our customers. Um, especially in the past two or three years, there was a lot of good conversations, and we we kind of tweaked and evolved who we were as a carrier to to onboard customers that match the kind of freight balance, or we could engineer the 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 routes and the lanes to, to better fit what the drivers were at, what our drivers were asking for, which was different home time, maybe different routes, maybe more predictability, um, you know, going market to market or a dedicated, you know, very specific account. So we really leaned into that, but it's, again, it's about being transparent with your customer and, and not taking on something that you can't fulfill. Um, so we, you know, when we go into that conversation, we bring kind of our, you know, kind of our engineering team to the table that can say, we can make this work with our driver force and with the right compensation to, to keep them happy um, and to balance the needs of the customer. So that's a very transparent conversation. We also try to stay very nimble to making sure um, kind of on the non-driver side that, you know, what will be the tools and technology that we need to build to satisfy the customer need? What's the workforce and where they need to live or exist to take care of the customer need? Um, so that will be very unique to, you know, how we build the human strategy, the, the rest of the people's strategy to, to complement what the customer is asking for. You, you say human a lot, and that's a term that, frankly, I think you would agree we really didn't even propose at the table um, much prior to 2020, but now it's a key phrase and term that is um, in the forefront in most conversations every day. So um, I love that about you. Um, and I guess it's really just a, it's kind of a segue off of your new title and role, but uh, regardless, important. So, um, you know, you've got a, a unique aspect in terms of the recruiting position at CRST, and that is that you need a lot of teams. Teams are a, are a big part of your company. Um, they're also the most in-demand role in the industry. They have their own unique challenges, um, but primarily, I would say the lifestyle component. And frankly, uh, when I work on the consulting side of my business every single day with folks that want to um, understand the compensation structure, the job structure, um, the nuances, because they need teams in this particular role, very few of the folks that are just newly adding that to their portfolio understand just how unique the nuances are. So um, in terms of you know drivers living and working in close quarters and recruiting and retention, how do we make these jobs more attractive and unique when we're selling CRST jobs to driver candidates and to existing personnel as maybe a potential upgrade? Um, because I think you would probably agree that in terms of desirability on the shipper side, Team freight is is still necessary, and um, frankly, I often ask, "Is it really necessary that that it gets delivered in an expedited fashion?" Of course, everyone always says yes, right? Because um, that's just the society that we're in today. Yeah, yeah. So, team driving is, certainly it's a big part of what we do. Um, about twenty five percent of our trucks are in that team environment, and so um, the job itself has. It really depends on where the driver is in their career. Um, I'm a huge advocate for if someone's new and inexperienced, the safest place to put them is in the truck. You know, having someone's eyes and ears out with them, having that partner that's going to help them stay safe, 
Um, you want to protect your CDL at all costs when you're a truck driver. And so, you know, going at that alone um, when you're inexperienced, I think can, you know, certainly put risks to themselves or order their CDL based off, you know, you know, whether they get in accidents and things like that. I think that team driving environment puts them in a situation where it's not them alone um, or someone just on the phone that can help them and, and be supportive. So, um, you know, if they're early in their career, that's certainly a spot that I would recommend. Um, for experienced drivers, it's a great way um, to not only, there's there's a human element to what we do and existing and having somebody else, co close quarters can be tough, but it could also be the best way to stay engaged, right? To have someone with you. You're not always alone. You've got that companionship. It's also one of the highest compensated roles in the entire industry right? Um, for a reason, right? And, you know, you're out a little bit longer. You've got someone with you that you may or may not, you know, have, you know, grown up with or be married to. And so there's, you know, complexities there. Um, and it's oftentimes the freight demands it, whether it's the speed at which the freight needs to get there or the security of the freight. You know, we've got both that, kind of requires two people to be in that truck. And so um, you certainly could think about it from a higher compensation um, and job fulfillment there to have someone with you through, you know, the quieter times when you're driving or alone. So I think that's another great sell, um, great career opportunity. A lot of drivers go into it to be trainers and mentors. It's another tremendous way to not only get the compensation that's really powerful, but this intrinsic value of contributing differently. Most of our mentors do it because for both, right? They, they, they love that they get paid a bit more, but they get this constant value add of influencing and impacting someone's life. And they stay really connected to those people. They're kind of building the, you know, the base. A lot of us in leadership roles, like we love the fact that we're part of someone else's story, right? You're, you're developing talent, you're part of their future and their story. It's, that's what our mentors get to do too. So, you know, there's some great assets to being a team driver. It just really depends if it's the right fit for, for the person. I loved everything you said, and um, I just want to echo in terms of of the um, age distribution of our current drivers, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, in terms of Gen X, which is a large population, includes the two of us. Um, you know, drivers today do want to mentor and be mentored, and um, they they tell us that on air at SiriusXM. They tell us within the the company organizations asking. Um, to, whether it's to be a, a mentor in a satellite role or in the truck as a trainer, as a team member, et cetera. So um, absolutely echo what you're saying. And it's it's actually a, um, a defining element of the working generation today. So uh, such a key component. And frankly, something that I, I've never included is that company component, you know, having the company with you, um, you know, as you know, it, it's such an isolating position to be alone and have all that windshield time. So what an amazing argument um, to having, a, you know, a, a co-driver in the truck and um, just loved what you said there. So um, every time I'm invited to sit in Jeremy's seat, um, I, I generally have someone in front of me that, like me, didn't set out as we graduated from school um, looking to get into trucking. But that's where we ended up. And it ended up being um, such a strong match. And frankly, everything that you say echoes that idea that really, uh, you know, you you landed in trucking and um, it's been a great fit for you. So you came to trucking from the retail side. 
You've done exceptionally well at CRST in terms of gaining experience. You've been promoted. Um, Mazel tov, by the way. You build exceptional relationships with exceptional people. Um, how do you think that your background shapes your view of trucking? Did you bring a unique perspective based on your time previous to CRST? Do you think that that background and perspective come up much in terms of your peers now in leadership meetings, for example? Um, I don't know. Read between the lines of what I'm asking you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my background, um, what's uh, transportation and trucking was not on my radar at all. Uh, and, and I found it by happenstance because I wanted to move closer to home. And I'm from a very small town right outside of um, Cedar Rapids, which is our home base for CRST. And so um, having been in the retail world for the you know almost 13 years prior to coming to CRST, there's a lot of similarities in the industries, um, having lived down both. Um, I managed big teams, so that certainly helped get me ready for, for the jobs that I have now. Um, but I, it was so diverse in the people that I worked with that, you know, I stayed really nimble in how I built relationships and how I led teams. And, you know, I was out in Chicagoland, which was incredibly diverse in who the clientele was versus who my employees were. And, um, I think that really helped kind of build my passion for people into the trucking side. Um, the other side that I would say retail is very similar is it's incredibly fast paced and it's incredibly results driven. So if you want to find someone accountable to results, it's this girl. Um, and that came from my time as a real business owner in the retail space of, you know, every dollar matters, you know, in that sense, it was generating revenue and sales and doing what you could every single day to make an impact, um, both on your outcomes and your profits and also on your people and those that were around you. So um, that was probably, the, there was a lot of tough transitions coming into this space because I was so new and didn't know what was going on at all. But I also brought with me this passion for outcome results and people that um, just translates beautifully into tr transportation because we move wicked fast in this industry and retail is very similar, which um, I think is great. It's also all people-based, right? I, what I did in my past life was, was really dependent on helping others succeed in their role and you know, that's what seriously what this is here is helping others succeed in their careers. And so the similarities are very similar. Um, you know, I also the other the other piece is, you know, it just taught me a lot about people development and and positioning people for what's right for them and their long term career. So whether that's a driver at CRC or, you know, an employee in the office, a driver recruiter, you know, whoever, that's something that I learned in my previous life, too, that kind of helps me bring a bigger picture look to what, you know, how I assess talent and how you plan for talent as a company. Um, I think I brought that with me also. You know, um, I'm smiling because, uh, which of course our listeners cannot see, but you can. Um, though we see the river behind you um, in your office, I'm wondering what is on your walls and is it outcome results and people? In my past life, I had um, passion because that's the uh, the adjective most commonly uh, to to uh, describe, you know, how I approach everything and everyone in in the trucking industry, but um, I have to imagine that there's some derivative of outcome results in people on your wall, on your desk. Is it somewhere? Am I yeah, right? <laughs> well, I just moved into this office, so it's nowhere here. But th the other thing I'll tell you from like a, if I was going to say a word, it would be joy. Um, you know, I there's there's this path of be here because you love what you do be here because you love the job or you love who you work with or you love your space whatever it is but make sure you love it and you have joy and so that'd be the other one i would add but yes people operations all the things 
I basically have like one thing taped to my wall because I just moved into this office, but that would be at the center kind of of my, you know, my, my vision board or who I am at, at the center. Mm-hmm. We are so over on time. So I want to ask you one last question. It's kind of a meld of the last three questions that I had hoped um, to discuss with you. Yeah. Um, you know, you are a graduate of the LEAD ATA program. I believe that's actually sponsored by our friends at Driver Reach. So kudos to them and to you for having gone through that program. Um, I hinted earlier at generations that are working today in trucking. And of course, you know, and we've discussed before that we have four generations that are working um, behind the wheel today, the, you know, the smallest of which, of course, is the young folks. Um, But we have to continue to, uh, you know, I guess, ebb and flow as an industry. um, And we have to be able to attract younger drivers because we just, we have a retirement issue, right? With, you know, our, our workforce is aging. So, um, how do you direct your team to talk to those folks, to, to future generations, whether it's young, uh, young kids like your own daughters, um, which, by the way, are they future recruiters, I hope, yeah, for CRST? Um, you know, you know, you know and hear me talk all the time about my son and how he will be a truck driver. Um, and we are offering his services at age 18, by the way, because we want to get him started early. So, um, you know, there's just no escaping that baby boomers and Gen X are are entering retirement. So over the next decade, just from a personnel perspective, what are the critical steps that you feel trucking and fleets in general must take to ensure that the future generations come into the industry, but more importantly, stay in the industry? That's a really great question. And I'm sure it will evolve over the next decade of what my answer will be. But, you know, at at its core, I think we have to meet people where they are and how they prefer to to work. And so whether that's as a truck driver or as a non-driving employee, there's a you've got to meet them and what fits them best. And you only know that by asking. Um, So, you know, having those conversations and being really transparent and how do I be best for you and, and why do we struggle with this, you know, or that is a great way to engage in what you evolve the resources or the tools or the technology you provide, um, how you reward and recognize will evolve, whether it's through competition or through compensation, people value different things um, and need excitement in a different way. And so again, you gotta ask the questions. Um, You've gotta be out front and meet people where they are. Some people will never call you back, but they might text you back. Some people will only message. Some people wanna see your face. And we need to be there where they want to be and work where they want to work. So, and it'll evolve um, and we'll continue to evolve with them. Um, I'm sure it'll evolve in a way that I haven't even thought of, but, you know, we got to get in front of those audiences and we got to meet them where they are. Yes, I I 100% agree. And, you know, I, I phrase it as they need to see, hear, smell, taste, um, visualize. I mean, what are, what are we missing in terms of the senses? But we want to put... Um, CRST in front of them in every different way. And certainly that that begins with meeting them where they are. So um, 100% agree. And even if your position changes over the next decade, I'm guessing that will be an element. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and coming back on Taking the High Road for a second time. Um, This time, hopefully, far exceeds your last experience, which, of course, was wonderful. Uh, We really do appreciate your time and and for sharing all of the the guidance. And thanks to you for joining me on another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Remember that you can submit any questions or comments, including those that appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments, 
at podcast at driverreach.com. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you choose to listen. And until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.